let us now read together what we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 24. It's on page 536 of your Book of Praise. There we find God's word summarized as follows. But why can our good works not be our righteousness before God, or at least a part of it? Because the righteousness which can stand before God's judgment must be absolutely perfect and in complete agreement with the law of God. Whereas even our best works in this life are all imperfect and defiled with sin. But do our good works earn nothing, even though God promises to reward them in this life and the next? This reward is not earned. It is a gift of grace. Does this teaching not make people careless and wicked? No. It is impossible that those grafted into Christ by true faith should not bring forth fruits of thankfulness. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, and that includes you, children of this congregation, for I want to ask you, children, a question. Do you like birthdays? Do you like receiving presents on your birthday? Of course you do. That's a silly question, isn't it? And you would be angry, wouldn't you, when someone, especially your parents, forgot your birthday, right? Why is that? Well, that is because you are important and you want to be recognized. Why are you so important? Or why do you think you need to have your birthday remembered? Because of all the things that you do for your mom and dad? Because you help with the dishes and you help around the house? Do you think that that is why your mom and dad remember your birthday to reward you? Not really, is it? Why do your parents love you? Well, they love you because you are their child. They love you because you are their flesh and blood. It is for that reason that God also loves us, for we belong to his family. Now then, the way we become members of God's family is different from the way we become a member of your own family. How did you become a member of your family? Well, you were born to be part of the family, weren't you? Your mom and dad did not go to some baby store and pick you up out of a, pick you out of a bunch of other babies, did they? No, they didn't choose you, and you didn't choose them. With God, that is different. He especially chose you, and he especially didn't choose somebody else. Why? Why would he pick you or me and not somebody else? Does God do that because of something that we do? Does he choose us because we do certain good works? No. And you see, that's what this Lord's Day is all about. It is about God making us part of his family without doing any good works. And he chooses some 
and he doesn't choose others. With him, it has nothing to do with good works. That may seem unjust to us. Why would he pick some and not others? It is very hard for us to understand that. But the parable that we just read together gives us some understanding of that. It is about the way God deals with his children, his covenant children. It is about what we confess over against those who have gone away from God's word, such as the Roman Catholics, for example. And they ridicule us for believing that God chooses us without any merit of our own, that we become part of God's family without us having to do anything for it. That's hard. And if we are honest with ourselves, we also have struggles with this, don't we? And so now the Heidelberg Catechism gives the floor, so to speak, to the Roman Catholic accuser and also to the inner voice within us about this doctrine. We are given free reign to question this doctrine. But why can our good works not be our righteousness before God, or at least part of it? And do our good works earn nothing at all? Did God not promise to reward us? And does such teaching not make people careless and wicked? That's what we are dealing with, brothers and sisters, boys and girls. We are dealing with God's standards over against man's standard. We are dealing with the absolute perfect justice of God and with the perverted justice of man. And that's also what the parable of the workers in the vineyards in Matthew 20 deals with. The Lord teaches us a great lesson here. He teaches us a profound lesson about the mercy of God the Father and about our corrupt nature and our perverted sense of justice. And so let us listen to God's word as I preach to you about the fact that God is just and merciful in the way he rewards us. And then we will look at three things. First of all, we will look at the establishment of the reward in the second place, the payment of the reward, and then finally, the acceptance of the reward. The first question of this Lord's Day asks us why our good works cannot be our righteousness before God, or at least part of it. In other words, do our good works earn us nothing at all? It's a natural question to ask. It's even a biblical question to ask. And that is why we also sang a moment ago from Psalm 62, stanza 7, for all receive their just reward when on their deeds you judgment render. It is absolutely true that the Lord gives us a reward. And it is also true that he is pleased with our good deeds, with the things we do for him. And that, that is why he also rewards us. It's also what we see in the parable of the workers in the vineyard. We read there about a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire some men to work in his vineyard. 
from the story, it appears that this was quite a large vineyard and that he needed quite a few men to work in it. This landowner wanted to make sure that his vineyard was well taken care of. In order to go a good crop, you have to make sure that all the weeds are kept in check, that the vines are pruned, that the grapes are properly handled, and that the grapes are also harvested at the right time. This vineyard was his pride and joy. It was also the landowner's livelihood, and a lot of people also depended on their income from it. And so he wants to make sure that there are enough people to do all the work that needs to be done. Early in the morning, at 6 o'clock, he finds some men at the marketplace who are waiting to be hired by anyone who had a job for them. Now, this may sound somewhat strange in our years, for we're not familiar of this way of doing things. When we get a job, then we're not just hired for a day, but for longer periods of time. Yet this is reminiscent of the way things were done during the Depression. Then also, unemployed men would be waiting at the factory gates, waiting to be picked for the day to do some manual work. And that's what we see happening here in this parable. Men are hired for the day on the spot. However, the landowner does not just impose a wage on them. No, they come to an agreement that at the end of the day, they be paid a denarius. It is something that they negotiated together. Apparently, that was the going wage in those days. It is clear that both parties were satisfied with those wages. It was considered a fair wage. However, the landowner still did not have enough men. And so on the third hour, which by our way of reckoning would be about 9 o'clock in the morning, he goes out to the marketplace once again, and seeing some other men standing there waiting for work, he told them that they could also go into his vineyard and work there. With them, however, he does not come to an agreement as to the wages. He told them that he would pay them whatever is right. And so they had to trust him. And trust him they did. And they also go into the vineyard to work. And about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he does the same thing. That would have been about 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He hires more men. Apparently, these men had not been standing around because they weren't interested in work. No, they hadn't found anyone to hire them for the day. And they were eager and willing to work. And he did the same thing with them, namely to tell them that they had to trust him as to the wages that would be paid. At the 11th hour, that is around 5 o'clock in the afternoon, one hour before quitting time, he once again hires a bunch of men to work in the vineyard. And with these men, he makes no arrangement at all. As far as that goes, they'd be lucky, lucky if they got anything at all. Why would this landowner hire someone one hour before quitting time. That's unusual, isn't it? What can you produce in one hour? You can hardly get your gear together and get to the place where the work is within such a short time frame. You could not expect any production from these men hired at the 11th hour. There's no real direct benefit to the landowner 
in hiring these men? The answer, no doubt, is to be seen in the fact that the landowner is not just interested in his vineyard, but he is especially interested in his workers. He is a man who cares about people. The landowner doesn't have dollar signs in his eyes. He looks at the big picture. He realizes that the vineyard is not an entity in itself, but something much greater than just some plants and soil and a source of income. This vineyard has to do with people. That vineyard is not just there for his own well-being and enjoyment, but also for the well-being and enjoyment of others. The vineyard is there to serve people, to give them something to do, and to produce a product that everyone can enjoy. Without people, without contented people, that vineyard would be worthless. And so we see that the landowner has a lot more than money in mind. He has especially in mind his relationship to his workers. He is not, first of all, interested in what those hired men can produce for him. No, he is interested in what he can do for them so that they can make a living and support their families. He wants to make sure that his hired men have a life. He also knows that if he treats his men right, that then they will also want to produce for him. If he keeps his end of the bargain and treats his workers right, then these men will do exactly what is required and then some. Now let's get back to the catechism. The catechism tells us that when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, our God, then what we have to offer God is not really all that important at all. It says, if you want to base your relationship on good works, then those good works had better be absolutely perfect, without any flaws, else they're not acceptable. But as we know, that's not possible, for we're sinful human beings. And therefore, it's not about our works. But what is it about? It is about our relationship with God. Don't you think that that's the way it would have been with the landowner as well? It's clear from the parable that this landowner was a wise and compassionate man. He would not just dismiss someone because they made a mistake. Do you think that your parents would reject you, children, when you make a mistake, when you do something wrong? Do you think you wouldn't get a present? Do you think they would then forget your birthday? Of course not, because they love you. They have a relationship with you. We always make mistakes. Those workers make mistakes. And they're not always as diligent as they should be. And sometimes they even do things that will cost the owner money. And if the landowner were interested in the money, then he would fire someone as soon as he made a mistake and try to find somebody better. And if he still kept them on because he couldn't find anybody else, then he would only be worried about the bottom line and he would be scolding and yelling at his workers all the time because they are not productive enough or because they make too many mistakes and it would be like hell in such a place. As it is, the landowner in the parable is a good man who is interested in the well-being of his hired men. He is interested in the relationship. And so he treats them with respect 
and also pays them the wages that they deserve. Makes us to the second point. At the end of the day, the landowner says to his foreman that he must call the workers and pay them their wages. However, he must first go to the last ones hired and then go to the first ones, from the last to the first. Why would he pay the ones who had come only an hour into his vineyard first, before all the others, including the ones who had been working there since six o'clock in the morning? Well, that is because he wanted those men who were hired first to see how he was treating the ones who were hired after them. He wanted them to see what kind of man he was and also to see what their reaction would be, to see whether or not they truly valued their relationship with him and his relationship with others. And so what does the landowner do? He paid the ones who had only been hired for an hour a whole denarius. And he does the same thing with those who were hired at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, at 12 noon, and at 9 o'clock in the morning, they all got the same thing, a denarius. Also, those who had been working in the hot sun the longest, he paid them the exact same wage. Now there's trouble. We are told that these men grumbled about what they received. Since the other men received the denarius, and since they had been working much longer, they expected to receive more than the others. So they grumbled against the landowner. They did not just make a single remark here and there. No, from the original language, it is clear that they persisted in their grumbling. Isn't that human nature? Isn't that what we all are like? Aren't we always looking at others to see how somebody else got a better bargain than we did. Isn't that the way it is in your home too, children? You look at your sibling and you think, hey, my mom and dad are treating him or her better than me. That's what you think. And that's how we think. That's what we are like. We easily think that we are the ones who get the short end of the stick. We are an envious bunch not easily satisfied with what we have. That was certainly the case here. Unlike the landowner himself, these men were only interested in the money. They did not care about the relationship with the landowner. The landowner with his vineyard was only a means to an end. They wanted what they thought they had a right to. They figured that they were entitled to their entitlements and wanted to be rewarded and recognized for the work that they did. They said to him, look at all the work that we have done for you and your vineyard. We slave from early in the morning to late at night, and what do we get? You don't appreciate us. You're paying us the same as the others who have worked only a few hours than we did. It's just not fair. You are not treating us right. We're not going to take this. Do you know what the problem was with these men, brothers and sisters? These men were out to get out of life whatever they could for themselves. And they were 
totally self-centered. They cared about themselves. They didn't care about others. They were jealous of other people who got exactly the same thing, even though they did not put in the same effort. Another problem with them was that they sinned against the fifth commandment. They did not recognize the right of the landowner to do with his own money and his own property whatever he wanted. And that's also what the landowner says. He says to one of the grumblers, take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired the last the same as I gave you. Don't I have to write to do with the money what I want with it myself? Or are you envious because, envious because I am generous? Now, brothers and sisters, the same thing is true with regard to our relationship with God. God does not want us to serve him because of the reward because of the wages that he gives us. He wants us to serve him because of the wonderful covenant relationship that he has established with us. And that is why the answer given in question, or in answer 63, is so beautiful. We ask why our good works earn us nothing, even though God promises to reward us in this life and the next. Well, says the catechism, in complete agreement with God's word, you will receive your reward. Don't you worry about that. Trust in the landowner, that is, trust in God, who owns everything. He will give you a reward, but not because of the works that you do, but only because he loves you. He gives it to you free of charge, out of grace alone. But you had better accept those wages under those conditions. That brings to us to our third point. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, by now it should be clear that our Father in heaven is a loving God and a totally just God. He keeps his promises. Let me ask you, what does God owe you or me? Does he owe us anything at all? And the answer is no. He doesn't owe us anything. And that is the difference between us and those workers in the vineyard. We don't deserve anything at all. Nothing. And that is also where the doctrine of election comes in. What do we really deserve? Brothers and sisters, we deserve damnation. We deserve to be thrown into the eternal lake of fire. And yet, what did God do instead? He chose us. He chose us without any merit, without any good works of our own because of the relationship that he has established. And therefore, we may not grumble about this and question God's just, justice, but we have to be thankful. Humanly speaking, those workers who work from 6 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night earned their denarius. But they thought that that is what it was all about. 
It is about the earnings and not about the relationship. And let that be a warning to us. For us, it also has to be about the relationship that God has established with us. As we heard this morning, he is the potter and we are the clay. And the potter can do with the clay what he wants. And you see, that is what God wants to impress upon you and me. It is about the relationship that he has established. He made a covenant with us. He chose us to be his children and to give us whatever we need, even though we don't earn it. He chooses us in spite of ourselves. Take a look once again at that parable. It could be that those men who were waiting in the marketplace the whole day long for someone to hire them, that they were not chosen right away, maybe because they had a physical disability, or maybe they had a mental disability, or maybe there was something else wrong with them. They couldn't work as well as others. It wasn't their fault. They couldn't help that. But that landowner also cared about them. Even though they could not be as productive as the others. That is how our Heavenly Father is to us. And that's how we should be with one another as well. Not to be jealous. But to be thankful. God is the God of justice. He doesn't have the same sense of perverted justice that we have. He is merciful. He is full of love. He is full of love to those who show their thankfulness to him, who love him as well, who have faith in him. And therefore, we also have to spread that good news. For the Lord wants to use others in his vineyard as well, all kinds of people. Let's not thumb our noses at them. At the end of the parable, the Lord Jesus says that the last will be first and the first will be last. And he's referring to what is said to his disciples who wondered what their reward would be in heaven. They were worried about what the Lord Jesus had said, namely that it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And he said this in connection with a rich man who came up to the Lord Jesus and who had done everything right in, the life, in his life in order to worship God. But then the Lord, Jesus said to him that he must sell everything that he has and follow him. And that is something that this rich man was not able to do. This man had wanted to earn his salvation with the good works that he did. He wanted to serve God with his works. Well, says the Lord Jesus, if you want to be perfect, then sell everything you have. And this man was not able to take that step. For him, it was a matter of doing good works. For him, it was about the money, about the reward, and not about the relationship. He wanted to have his cake and eat it too. He thought that he, of all people, would be the first to enter the kingdom of God. And so the Lord Jesus says that many first will be last, and many lasts will be first. The worried disciples then pointed to themselves as an example and said, what about us? We have left everything for the sake of the kingdom. Indeed, they did their good deeds. But they too had to be reminded of the relationship that God has established with them. 
and that they had to do this out of thankfulness. And the same thing is true for you and for me. Don't worry. The reward will be there, and you don't have to earn it. Amen.